Welcome back to Liberty Matters with Anthony and Sean, where the crossroads where Christianity and politics meet. Uh, thank you all for joining us again today. We're happy to get jump back to it. Uh, Sean, before we jump into it, I want to throw out a quick uh, message from one of our sponsors. Um, we're happy to start, you know, we get sponsors, right? So <laughs> we have to we'll throw the plug out there and uh, we have sponsors that want to talk to you. So uh, let's put that out of the way we'll put that so we can get this going forward and we'll take it from there. So Sean here. Do you look for American-made products? I invite you to check out JNS Supply, a small Texas company where we built our brand on God, family, and country. We provide quality, limited-run American-made clothes. Our current run is Relax Fit T-shirt. Use promo code Liberty to get fifteen percent off your order. Come to JNSSupply.co. J N S S U P P L Y dot C O. JNSSupply.co. God, family, country. All right, awesome. Thank you, Sean. So we uh we got all right. So now to jump to how's everything going on your side, man? Good, good. Busy man in the thick of yeah. it with sports and school and family and work. Hectic oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. How about you? It's where it's, oh, you know, it's always two, one, two under one, two, one, right? Yeah, it's still the one hectic thing after another around here. So it's just uh, the old uh, Marine Corps way of uh, what we called tick was with all the thriving chaos. So that's what I'm trying to live by. <laughs> so everything is it's usually chaos so just try to make it organized chaos but no it's great um you know we're starting to get more sleep so it's going great um but yeah other than that you know nothing's too crazy just all this other stuff like like i think you and i were talking about earlier like i said it's like i'm a big yankee fan so half the world's trying to watch aaron judge to see if he's gonna tie roger maris so yeah (laughs) i think my wife is trying to yeah, I mean, she's tired. I think she's tired of me talking about it too much. And I already watched like most of the Yankee games anyway. So she's tired of, I think she thinks they're like overly on. I was like, you realize there's like 162 <laughs> games in a season, right? So <laughs> this is, and then when she doesn't realize like hockey season's about to start. So I was like, yeah, they got 82. So like looking for on that one too. Football season's in. So whatever, see, it keeps us busy. I'll say all that stuff aside from this stuff, work, all of it keeps me my brain mentally entertained around like everything else going on besides the two under two. <laughs> That's good. Hey, you got to keep your mind busy, especially when you're not working. Yeah. I know this whole paternity part. I was like, I'll get back to it. It gives me stir crazy at some parts where I'm like, all right, I got something. I got to do something. <laughs> Which, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so let's, uh, let's jump into it. Um, I know we got, look, there's a little bit, I'm going to say there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Um, but there's also not at the same time. Like there's heavy stuff, but there's not a lot of, I'll say congressional things happening. Look, they're still doing a little crazy, stupid things. But um, so, yeah, well, we're going to jump into it. There's a few things we're going to talk about today. Um, and we may not get to everything. We may push into next episode and we'll kind of take it from there. Um, uh, and there's a few things that just kind of positionally look for the high level overarching thing of what we're looking at is really like when we're looking at America today, is this where we want America to be? Like, is this what as we see what's going on through joe biden's failed presidency is this what you voted for and we need to start asking honest questions so that's where and what we're going to do this we're going to look at certain things that are happening right there was the um new york attorney general uh filed a lawsuit against the trump and his children so we're going to talk a little bit about that and we're going to talk next we'll discuss a little bit about um 
things like what Stacey Abrams recent, I guess, I don't know if it was recent, but her comment about her wonderful view of her anti-life view about uh, what a heartbeat is in the womb for the unchild, for the unborn. Um, I'll briefly talk about that. We're going to talk about what is the next move on the pro-life attack coming from the Biden administration and the corrupt AG Merrick Garland after going after a pro-life activist in Pennsylvania. Um, they raided his family at his house. Um, so that the, those are a couple things we're going to talk about. Um, and from the high level, really, it's kind of just little things of California. Actually, I think there's a few things of California throughout there. So we'll talk about a little Gavin Newsom nonsense going on, whether it's uh, California legalizing human composting. That's a fun one talk about <laughs> or sean <laughs> or we're gonna talk how california is trying to i think it was always what we'll dig into it by 2040 ban diesel trucks because well diesel trucks are racist no. so all all, okay, all, in, uh, all internal well, combustion engines well that's 2035 which doesn't make sense because it's under the rule right he was like oh by 2035 all combustion engines will be banned but then separately they're saying oh by 2040 we're going to ban diesel engines. Well, so that's still a combustion engine, but that's a different argument because they don't really understand that. It's oh, probably, well, probably because of the trucking industry, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they gave them, all right, we'll give you five years. However, they want to ban that by 2040 because, you know, diesel trucks and the pollution is racist, but we'll dig into that. Just a little high, high note, just the, the fun of what's going on in the world today. Um, so again, it just gets back to this high view Shauna, we've talked about this and we're going to continue to talk about this as a position where we need to come from is speaking out against immorality, whether it comes from a position of we're sitting here in a society today that we're trying to argue the debate of whether a child should have gender affirming identity surgery or we sh or should be okay with having transgender story time in libraries. Look, I mean, and this is the same thing that Shauna that we're seeing that if you took that same book to a park and presented some of these books to a child, you'd be arrested as a sexual predator, right? But so why is that okay when you're like having kids in these in these libraries with to sexualize children, the books that are reading? And if you actually look at some of these books, it's they're extremely graphic. They're, it's not like just like oh, you threw a Playboy on a shelf, and it's much more graphic than that. And it's just, it's an indoctrination process. And this is like we're okay with that. Like we're not okay with it. I shouldn't say that, but. They're trying to make society like you're wrong if you disagree. You should be okay with this, right? So there's that. And our last episode, I mean, we spoke about we we continued to spoke about these things like this false ideology where the green energy movement is an anti-life religion. That's the reality where it stands from. And if you don't value human life, you're you're okay with the immoral direction the Democrats are heading today. Um, all while they speak one lie after another, blaming the right of what they're actually doing, what they themselves are actually doing. Uh, now, and we know. Sean, you and you and I know every everybody listening. You know in your heart what is right and wrong. You know what you're seeing, what's right and wrong. And we need to speak up to protect ourselves, to protect our future, protect our children. Like speak up to protect your neighbor. Because this idea that oh they're not going to come for me, yeah they will. It keeps happening. Um, and this honestly comes from a position from a Christian view that the American church needs to stand up. We need to, they need to quit pandering to the secular society. You're, it's a very limited and diminishing view that if you think you just only need to solely focus on the gospel. Yes, that's important, but Jesus didn't tell you to secede, like seed society, seed the government, seed the world around you to let it go, whatever, and have no influence whatsoever as a Christian, right? 
Now, Joe Biden was even recently the one who said pathetically after Lindsey Graham's pro-life bill, which is another issue because it's kind of pathetic in its own for the fact of how he presented this bill. That that, But Joe Biden said Lindsey Graham's abortion or uh, pro-life bill took a more extreme stance than Joe Biden's own church. Uh, well, hold on. Wait, Sean, what? <laughs> how? How? So – and now let's get into just a quick piece of it. Lindsey Graham's bill ends the murdering of a human life after 15 weeks in the womb. 15 weeks. But Joe Biden's saying his that's more extreme than what his church's view. Uh, last time I checked, the church's view is zero abortions. So there's no way that could be more extreme, but, you know, that's uh, Lunch Bucket Joe. So – well, not if, if his church, yeah. if his church really thinks that, right? I, I mean, it's uh, the stuff that's coming out of churches today, right? I don't yep. think they're churches. Um, yeah. I, I think they're political tools. Well, they're or, the uh, right, like they're the, turning themselves into the Pharisees, right? Yeah, in the biblical, yeah. like that's how they're positioning. And then I just read today, uh, there's a church in Katy, Texas, that has a a room for kids to try on other gender clothes so they can figure out if they want to be a boy or a girl right uh oh without gosh. their parents knowing yeah that, that whew, yeah that's insane like that would you'd have me going up a wall if you think that's gonna be okay in anywhere around children like you're not only doing this but again the sexualization of children like we just mentioned earlier like so none of that's okay from a church's position because you're not actually following biblical view you're not following biblical doctrine um so, and I say the whole thing of like Lindsey Graham's pro-life bill being pathetic, not for the fact they're trying to put up a pro-life bill. It's for a fact that we spent 50 years fighting and pushing to save the life of lives of the unborn. And all of a sudden, Lindsey Graham thinks just when Roe v. Wade gets overturned, it's a good time to suddenly, oh, let's go back and negotiate a 15-week plan. Um, absolutely not, right? So aside from that, like that would only stop 8% of the nation's abortions. Um, and that 15 week is what I think that's that is either France has a better pro-life position than we do. So I don't know. A lot of it, countries actually, I think a, yeah. a good majority in Europe have a more conservative view on abortion than you think. Because well, they they might have certain left leaning views, but they actually still respect the value of human life. And some or a lot of these nations, we're trying to celebrate and go down this path that is not celebrating the the inherent dignity and worth of a human life. So, I mean, this goes into the like we all spoke about in the last podcast. The left today is purposely dehumanizing human life, um, and there's nothing better than um, a kind of a quick example where the Democrats' position on this stuff is today. Sean, we've recently seen this um, the clip that's running around with Stacey Abrams. Um, apparently she thinks there's no such thing as a heartbeat at six weeks. I mean, you can quite literally go to John Hopkins medicine's website and you can literally see by the end of four weeks, there is a heart beating. Um, but then neither here nor there, this is the party of science, right? So don't dare question anything they say. Um, and not to mention even if, but well, I'm not even gonna do this injustice. I'll let Stacey Abrams say this in her own words and you can hear her and let it decide for yourself there is no such thing as a heartbeat in six weeks it is a manufactured sound designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body away from her she's just dumb 
<laughs> like there's the fact that like this has come from the party of science um and be to be clear you saw planned parenthood has already jumped in line and said if you went to their website you saw their position of a heartbeat actually ultrasound did acknowledge what a heartbeat was um before Stacey Abrams had said this, and then after Stacey Abrams had said this, they switched it to align to exactly what Stacey Abrams is saying. So you got to see how these groups, they work in a symbiotic relationship and start parallel and path and working together to get the same messaging out. Um, and then even look further, you can go over to um, like another example that's shown right over in California, right? Just the California House Bill AB. 2223. It was introduced by uh, Assemblyman Buffy Wicks. It's interesting. What a, what a name, dude. Buffy Wicks. Um, that the bill proposed that they would do away with the current infanticide law, which makes it a crime to kill a baby that was born within a year. If Newsom goes ahead and signs this instant law, the bill would erase the requirement for a county coroner to hold inquests to investigate perinatal deaths quote quote related to or following unknown or suspended suspected self-induced or criminal abortions unquote it would also in this bill delete the requirement for the coroner to handle quote an unattended fetal death unquote as a and they would just label it as a death without medical attendance um so at the end of the day what you're seeing in this bill is it's flat out murder <laughs> like even if you want to have a debate on any of this, whether it's six weeks, 15 weeks, whatever, this is talking about in California to push a bill for after birth and what they call an abortion. It's murder. Um, so, again, another example of their dehumanizing human life. You, and, know what that, you know what that makes me think of is is what they're targeting is, is these – they obviously have a drug problem in California, right? So – People still get pregnant regardless if they have a drug problem or not, right? So you, you get someone who has a drug problem, ends up having a kid, and they throw it in the dumpster. And California is saying, well, we're not going to deal with it. Well, we're that's now a... It's uh, not a problem anymore. It's a death without medical attendance. And it's uh, California is making that perfectly okay. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's absolutely disgusting, right? And look, this is... This Marxist push, again, is just – it further goes in this direction to dehumanize the, the sanctity of life. And you need – if you dehumanize people, it's easier to treat them in a slave-like manner. Um, it's, the Marxist push takes away humans, humans' freedom of choice. The government control takes away the biblical responsibility of human stewardship. And around every corner, you see crime and we, – we, we, this is what we're currently seeing. We're seeing crime and chaos. There's no respect for law and order. I mean you have the corrupt law enforcement actions of the FBI, which we'll dig into um, a little bit more further on this, Sean, because there's even – again, keeps coming out more. They're, they're acting as the political arm of the Democrats, going after their political opponents. Like This all comes to the same point, right, that – I mean look, there was a huge – there was a really a, – one FBI whistleblower after another is coming out. I'm not even going to do any justice to any of this, and maybe we'll talk about it in like prior next episode. But Dan Bongino recently did a explosive interview with Kyle Serafin, uh, FBI whistle FBI FBI whistleblower that's laying out a ton of stuff. I mean, there's another guy out there, Steve Friend. These guys are coming out while the FBI is trying to silence them for being whistleblowers, um, and somehow they want to think that they're on the right side of history. I'm telling you, I was like, if you stand up against these things, stand for truth. You're gonna. We are gonna be on the right side of history. 
And it all comes from the beginning of understanding the sanctity and human value of all life. Um, so, and we, cause we live in a world like, look, from a biblical view, we live in a world that's much like Daniel's where the culture is trying to train our minds to think and behave and believe like the rest of the world. It trains us to lower our standards. However, as a Christian, you can't live passively as a follower of Christ in today's world. You need to take a stand like Daniel did. We need to have faith like David. I mean, heck. All right. So this actually makes me think of the song. Sean. <laughs> um, I'm not going to do this. It makes me think of this song by uh, Sanctus Real Confidence. And I'm just going to play it real quick because this is where the kind of mindset that we need to be having what's going on right now. Afraid to lose. I feel unqualified for what you're calling me to. Alone with your strength, I've got no excuse. Cause broken people are exactly who you use. So give me faith like Daniel in the lion's den. Right there. That's what we need. We need to stand up and have strength like Daniel, a heart like David, and a hope, hope like Moses. Like, that's what we need to be coming through because Christians today have are, need to be awake and need to be aware of what's going on. Sean, what are you about to say? So that's powerful. It's a good song. Yeah, that's all right. It's funny you should say it's, dude, it's, I like that song a lot. It's definitely one of hits. It's something that it's really a position right now where we are as a society. Like, we really need to wake up. Like we are sitting in the lines then, and we need to be like Dan, have courage like Daniel. And the funny thing I'll say about this, um, my wife actually laughed at me because she walked in our bathroom the other day, and you look in our bathroom, there's three post-its, and on my side of the bathroom because we have the split whatever whatever they're called sinks, um, and I have a thing that says have what I put in there strength like Daniel, faith like David, and hope like Moses. And then of course she made fun of me because it's from the song. So <laughs> it is. <laughs> I was like. Yeah, but well, the point still holds that I want to remind myself of that every single day. Uh, <laughs> so, like, look, because the, the most important piece about this, Sean, is Christians in America today, like, we have not really known religious persecution. Like, like other Christians have received around the world, and in Biden's America, this is an, this is now front and center. You are seeing this religious persecution. In fact, you know what? Okay, in fact, this is probably going to be one of the one of the next areas that we may dive, in, dive into in the next few weeks is dig deeper and, and explain a lot more what people have are not fully aware about this war on Christianity. They may or may not be this. Um, but I think we're going dig, to dig into it, Sean, a little bit in the next few weeks um, and kind of go from there. So, look, I'm just going to close this part, this thing, and say, look, just in uh, one biblical verse that really kind of relates to this whole thing, this whole view, and why we need – is this where America is and why we should be standing up and having strength like Daniel? And that is from Psalms – uh, Psalm 29, 11, that the Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace right there, Sean. It's the Lord makes us strong, right? And that's what we need to have faith in. And we need to follow through and speak from the biblical position, from his view and fight for, for the freedom and liberty for all. Right. And that's the part of this podcast and where we come from, why liberty matters. Um, so just to jump into, um, 
the some of the what we kind of previously talked about earlier to give the highlights was one of the first things going out there, Sean, is the uh, diesel power trucks article. So I'm going to link, I'll probably link this into the show notes. There's a town hall article that diesel power trucks are now racist, according to California. Um, the <laughs> This is the uh, liberal police are yelling racist once again, um, but this time it's about trucks. So... <laughs> How According are to the trucks racist. I, I would you say got, you, you have to do a lot of met, huh? I would say the trucking industry probably has the largest concentration of minorities for <laughs> employment. Well, yeah, and it's that's why I think this. I think the actual what they don't even realize again their actions and what they're targeting go after. I think is bigoted in its own, and how they want to go after it, right? Um, because the California, this is their view, definitely not ours. <laughs> the California Air and Resources Board, also known as CARB, says also they think that, well, clean air is racist, but also pollution is racist. So um, that's impressive. Like there's a lot of stuff to understand that this mindset. You have to uh, do a lot of mental jujitsu. <laughs> so CARB stated that the State is considering new regulations to ban the sale of all diesel semi-trucks by 2040 to fight climate change and to amend a history of a racist practice. And what is that racist practice, Sean? Well, Carr believes that the large freight trucks should be banned because the diesel emissions that are excreted from them disproportionately affect low-income and minority communities due to racist zoning policies. This gets back into some of this nonsense like pete Buttigieg is like we need to like move highways away like change move highways because highways are racist because they run through a minority community i'm like this has just been like from urban planning for like decades and decades and where we came to and how people like where they've come together and lived in communities with like people for hundreds of years um yeah this is just another example though of democrats playing the race card and not only that they're actually ignoring like all that downsides of the economic loss that will be implemented by these new rules. So what they're actually pushing will actually hurt the same exact community that they claim this is racist towards. You're going to, you're going to push this and you're going to destroy the keep up to your point. There's a lot of people that are employed in this industry in that area too. And just because they live near a highway, that's another impressive one. Um, let's see what else. We got another one out of Gavin Newsom's, uh, world of horror is the California, this is from Yahoo News, California legalizes human composting. That, that takes it to a whole new level, right? <laughs> it's, but this is because like, it goes back to they don't value huma- humanity. I mean, look, man, you got to realize human, those, those funeral homes that are cremating people, they're burning too many bodies and we now can't do that because of climate change. So man, that what too, industry are they not going to wipe out? I thought I thought the funeral business was like untouchable, right? <laughs> that what can the Democrats not wipe out? Well, this was always like, yeah, you think like the funeral industries was like untouchable, but this is also one of these that's like, I mean, it's got a moat. I mean, it's not one of these like they're not gonna go under. There's always gonna be needed. There's a moat around it, right? But that I mean, they're essential, right? Um, but no, they're not. Funeral homes. Uh, California has now joined Washington, Colorado, Vermont, and Oregon in legalizing the composting of human remains. Uh, Gavin Newsom signed the bill into law 
that directs the state agencies to create guidelines for alternatives to cremation and burial. Is that sanitary? That just doesn't sound like... There's nothing about it that seems sanitary. I mean, no, it doesn't. And it's like, look, it's... So basically, you're looking at... um, I don't know. Look, Californians will soon be able to have their co- their compost themselves and their loved ones after death. So when <laughs> so basically what when someone passes away, um, you're going to put them in like an eight foot box, drill some holes in the side of it, throw a bunch of wood chips in it, um, dig a hole and stuff that box in the dirt. And then basically the worms will go to work. And voila, several weeks later, we're going to ship to you your mother's soil. So you'll just get soil of um, composted soil of your family's uh, remains. I guess it's not much different than. I mean, it's not a, a cremation, like an urn. right? Like if yeah, you had like it, an urn, yeah, your, it's not an urn. Room. Yeah, now but it's. Like, I, I, I guess know. that uh, maybe they're. I bet you know what I bet they're gonna do. I bet they're really gonna cremate people, charge a premium because they're composted, and they're just gonna send them a a box of dirt. Oh, exactly. I was like, is there any <laughs> way that you're going to know? Tra- like, how, where's the tracing? Like, yeah. how are you going to know? Like, yeah, I don't even know. Can you do, like, DNA testing of composted dirt? I I don't know. That's a good question. I think because, well, technically, then it's, like, rocks, right? Or Yeah. I guess, it's, I guess it would be some type of vegetation, but it's kind of been processed, like, down so much that, like, there would be no traceable amounts of human remains, right? Or yeah. there would be... Or there would be like a high concentration, and that might be uh, health. Like it seems like there would be like a lot of bacteria and like bad stuff in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're just they're just like they're trying to put logic to something that is completely illogical. Because again, you got to remember this is not about it. Look, this is just again, it doesn't come about as a position. They're saying it's from climate change, and this is all every every one of these from the diesel trucks to the human composting. It's about climate change, right? And we talked about that last time. It comes from a position they don't value humanity. So they don't really care how they treat your human body after you passed away. They're not respecting your loved ones. They can care less. It's like, well, the planet's more important than you, like we said last time. It's That's what they're saying. They were saying the planet's more important than you, so too bad, so sad. You want a grave to go visit your loved one? Yeah, no, you can't do that anymore. You're harming the planet. So I don't know. It's just another one of these things, man. It's... <laughs> I mean, it's laughable, but the reality is this is literally a law that's on the table that they that he signed a bill. Like Gavin Newsom signed a bill into law for this. Yeah, it's welcome to liberal uh, stupidity, my friend. <laughs> don't try don't try to reason it because you're going to hurt your brain trying to do so. Because like I said, all these things, you have to do the mental jujitsu to try and make any logical sense of it. And you're just going to like hurt yourself trying to figure that one out. Um. All right, so I'm going to jump to another one that, uh, Sean, I don't know if you even saw this one yet because I just saw this and I had to throw this in last minute. There's a Daily Wire article in Texas. There was two campaign volunteers for uh, Republican Governor Greg Abbott who that were out there on the campaign trail for him, right? This is down in Houston, Texas. And reportedly, the two campaign volunteers were attacked on saturday by a man who damaged their car the incident occurred near houston in hubble texas humble hubble sorry humble texas involved and it involved an unidentified man allegedly chasing the volunteers through a neighborhood and trying to drag them out of their car and then the man allegedly struck both of their side view mirrors before the police were called and responded to the scene so again 
it's the same theme. Like, is this where we believe America should be? Like, because again, this guy is so deranged that he's going to go target a Republican and he goes after them campaign volunteers. It's all points back to the same obsession that they don't value the human human life. I mean, because that's why this guy didn't care at all, right? Yeah, he probably has no recourse and probably got off with like a $500 bail or something like that too. Yeah, and that's actually – so I'm going to actually – this actually reminds me. There's another thing I want to jump to in here, um, and then we'll circle back to the New York AG piece because the same thing that connects to this, right, is when we talk about to what where we are and why this happens, and you see – Joe Biden giving his speech, his little blood red speech the other day, like a few weeks back about targeting MAGA Republicans and all this thing, right? Like, where does this lead to? And they always try to say everything. There's violence from the right. They're targeted hate speech from the right, all this violence, right? And all you ever see is the actual actions from the left. So I was going to bring this up later, but I think this, look, this fits right back into this right now. There's another article again, and this, you may have seen this going around everywhere. They're in, um, from the Washington Examiner, I'll throw in that a man kills a teen after a political argument. This guy, Shannon Brandt, uh, of 41 years old, called, of North Dakota, called the North Dakota Highway Patrol Sunday, admitting that he struck a pedestrian in an alleyway in McHenry with his two, 2003 Ford Explorer head-on. His victim was a Kaler Ellingson, 18 years old. Brandt claimed that Ellingson was part of a Republican extremist group. And according to the report from the New York Highway Patrol, the two had gotten into an argument over politics. Now, Brandt was arraigned and he released on a $50,000 bond. Now, I will just throw this out there. I'm pretty sure it was Kyle Rittenhouse who had, was for a self-defense case, that had like a $2 million, I think it was like a million or $2 million bond. Yeah, I think it was a million dollars. Found, found not guilty because he's self-defense. Um, and they had all the video evidence, all of it to begin with. But this guy gets a, kills an 18-year-old kid, says I'm doing it because I'm – oh, he was a Republican extremist, and gets a $50,000 bond. And all because he said he thought that Ellingson was calling in his uh, – our friends to come attack him, quote-unquote extremists. Meanwhile, what Ellingson was doing was calling his mother to come help him. And when her when his mother arrived – this is – his mother was Sherry Larson Ellison. Um, she arrived to a scene shortly after – and she found her son later died of injuries in Carrington Hospital. Like, again, this is just another prime example of how horrific and what these actions are and what this leads to. Um, it, with these are the decisions that what's coming from Joe Biden, how he's operating, what he's thinking about, the, the Biden administration, where it's being led by a corrupt attorney general. Um, it's just targeting people. And this is coming from the federal level, right? So Sean, now... This, let's circle back on, on the New York Attorney General. The New York Attorney General opened a lawsuit, filed a civil fraud case against President Donald Trump, his three children, and several business associates, alleging that they were involved in fraud. Now, this has to be one of the most pathetic moves of political targeting that we've seen coming out of the New York AG. Again, this is another example. She sat there from the top, from day one on the campaign trail, saying that she's going to go after him. She's going after Donald Trump, and she's going to get him, target him from day one, knowing full well where this was going to lead to. That was wrong from day one. And I can tell you from my experience, look, when I worked at the U.S. Attorney's Office, I worked around some really great people. And one of the things I realized was really disturbing was there's people that worked at the U.S. Attorney's Office who literally left to go work at the New York State AG's office for the sole purpose that was a, uh, there was a unit being created to target Donald Trump. 
That's all they did. And that was back in 2015, 2016. So, and this is what you come back with. Oh, Donald Trump, they committed fraud. And what was the fraud that they alleged? They alleged that he overassessed his Mar-a-Lago property and other properties and inflated his assets. So he committed for defrauded the banks, which to be clear, like when you buy a mortgage, a mortgage on a home, you get a property assessment, they get a value. And you don't think these big banks do their own assessments of businesses and values before they make a massive loan, a massive loan of which, by the way, that Donald Trump paid back and they got a massive amount of interest. The Trump, Trump assessed this Mar-a-Lago property at 75 million and yet it's probably worth way more than that. I mean, you got to think about West Palm Beach has some of the wealthiest people and properties that have actually sold for north of a hundred million. And, but Mar-a-Lago is one of the largest properties, if not the largest in West Palm Beach. And at this point, look, you gotta be honest. It's a biz. It's a, it's a business. That, um, it's also historic because it's a connection to president Donald Trump. So it's value is probably way more than $75 million. I find it pretty pathetic when their best thing they can come up with is the attorneys sitting here and viewing this come up and say, well, he overly inflated his at the assets, right? Now, again, the attorneys, they don't have all the expertise and understand the property zoning laws apparently because the attorneys look at this and they look at the property and say, hey, look, this is like, this property is like a golf course, so this should be – a golf course, and they're going to look at his cash flow statements, and the golf course should be worth X value. Well, what they failed to mention, and actually, I recently heard Donald Trump Jr. talking Jr. talking about this, is that they failed to mention is the property was how it's actually further zoned. Now, if it's zoned to be a golf course, okay, but this is actually if it's zoned to it also be a residential, commercial, real estate, or co condominium development or something that is taken into account. So it's not just viewed as a golf course now. And that still doesn't even take into account the fact of all the other comps in the area and takes the other values and where Mar-a-Lago is. Plus it's a historic property at this point. So the New York state AG is, look, she's perfectly doing this again because right now she's running for a reelection. And this is just another one of these hoaxes like the January 6th committee to that she wants to stir up her support for her election. And after three years of obsessing and targeting Donald Trump and his family and his businesses, this is all they can come up with? Like, let's be real. They, they came up with this bogus lawsuit that he inflated his assets. He defrauded these banks that – so you, all these bankers were apparently too dumb to know the actual assess the property value and didn't have to figure out where they were going to make their money. They made a killing off the interest alone on the loans they were given out, and Trump's already paid them back. So – it's interesting because this is she does this move right after the New York Attorney General's recent polling actually showed Sean that her election is currently showing that she's slightly behind. So again, this kind of points directly to the fact that she's doing this because it's of an election and she made this as a campaign promise to begin with. So she's trying to have to has to deliver something when it's it's just a bogus another political witch hunt and there's nothing actually here. So the, like the complaint she filed, I mean, she goes on in her 280 page, that uh, a file that is 280 pages long. And I could tell you from my time at the U.S. Attorney's Office, um, when we draft a complaint, there's a very consistent pattern when from the length of the document, like the more, <laughs> the longer the document, the more bullshit that's poured into it. And most of the time, if you have a serious case, 
it's more straightforward in its filing, right? You're going to put all the heavy hitters, the details, the experience, it's going to be put up at the top. You don't need 280 pages because what that's actually doing is that's being made to look like the appearance of impropriety when a much shorter and concise way you could have, if it was really true, you could have more clearly laid this out. But they put a 280 page document together because it will give this image that there's something wrong. It'll give this image that there's so much wrongdoing here. It's just another one of these things, right? This New York AG, she's taking the lead, rushing from the federal attorney general, Merrick Garland. He's doing his actions. Then you have the New York attorney general doing their corrupt actions. And there's nothing that's not so far over the bounds of political motive that we like have. This is it goes back to the part of you have to be wake up. We have to be able to realize what's happening out there. It's just it continues to go down the same pattern. They don't actually care about life. And if you if they can do this to the president of the United States, former president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, what makes you think that they're not going to do it to you? We it's really we just truly have to be aware kind of where things are, what's going on in this world, because it's just one gross, grotesque thing after another. And you have to keep your head on a swivel because if the FBI comes knocking, the truth of the matter is we used to say, okay, yeah, we talk to the FBI and help them out, answer questions. Unless they have a warrant, don't say a thing. Because this whole idea there, and again, I'm going to implore you to go back and listen to these different, um, and maybe we'll probably, maybe we'll dig into this one too, the FBI's whistleblowers that are out there. But you got to listen to what they're saying. And you're going to realize that this is, it's fully political motive. They're operating like the KGB. They're operating like the Gestapo all for a very specific outcome. And it's all because you can't affect the control and the reins that they have on this nation. Donald Trump, like we said before, has upset the apple cart. He challenged the status quo from what they were expecting. Uh, with that, I'm going to turn to something on a more positive direction. Um, now, if this gets passed in Congress, I don't know. But this is a solid conservative win. This is actually goes back to something that we've recently talked about. This was coming from Josh Hawley, and it has to do with the student loan, student debt loan forgiveness, right? Um, and this, so it's an update. We just recently talked about that one, and it, we were right. And this is exactly what they we said they should do is go after is holding the universities accountable. So what do we have here is um, this Republican Missouri Senator Josh Hawley will introduce legislation that puts colleges and universities on the hook for student debt. The bill was first obtained by the Daily Caller and is titled the Make the Universities Pay Act. Sean, I don't know, man, but that was exactly what we said they should do. Make the universities pay, make them accountable. The legislation would require institutions of higher education to participate in a federal direct student loan program to pay 50% of any student loan balance that is in default. So again, you're going to make these institutions with their massive endowments to have to pay for any student loan balance that is in default more than 50%. The Make Universities Pay Act would also allow student loan debt to be discharged in bankruptcy, which, by the way, which we mentioned was under Barack Obama. He's the one that changed the law and said that you cannot discharge student loan debt after bankruptcy because they federalized the student loan debt under the government. So they made it as one of the things cannot default on a planned corrupt act so they can actually pretend they were doing for something for people, which they really were actually entrapping people with. Now, further, this uh, Make the University Pay Act allows the undergraduate student loan debt to be discharged five years after the first payment is due, while the graduate student loan debt can be discharged 15 years after the first payment is due. 
In addition, the bill requires that each institution of higher education participating in the federal financial aid programs to publish postgraduate outcomes include mean and median earnings of graduates and student loans, default rates. They have to disaggregate it by each degree and program of study. This is very much aligned with what we spoke about on the Student Loan for Forgiveness show. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. It was a great one. Really breaking down into the Student Loan Forgiveness and where it started, where it came from when Barack Obama claimed to be helping people when he federalized the student loan industry. I'm going to wrap this one up a little bit earlier. There, We have to look at I'm going to push this to the next time. We're going to talk about this as more keeps coming out. I realize I put it out there, this Mark Huck one with the pro-life activist that was raided. There's more into this that we need to be talking about, right? This There's so much more here to really be aware of what's going on. So I want to save that one for the next time. We're getting close into the time here. So with that, I'm going to start. Uh, I just want to thank everybody today. Thank you for joining us on the show. Thank you for being a listener, a subscriber. We're going to ask, look, if you like what you're listening to, give it, we ask that you go to your subscription, go give it five, five stars on iTunes, subscribe, listen, follow. Look, we're doing this for you guys. We're getting out there we're, that we believe it's time to stand for truth. We believe that we're being called like Daniel to have the strength of Daniel to stand with courage for what is going on and stand up for the truth. And we know we will be on the right side of history. I just want to say thank you all. Have a great weekend. And remember to stand for truth, kneel for God, be the light. God bless America.